Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, place to up level in every aspect of your life, from personal development to mindset and spirituality to business tips and relationships building. We bring you best interviews, tools, and inspiration where one episode can change your whole life. Here's your host, Jasna Borza. Hello, my beautiful, beautiful people. Welcome to yet another edition of Up Level Together podcast. This is yours truly, Yasna Borza, and I'm just really excited to be here today. And today I want to talk to you about money. We're still in the coronavirus global pandemic, and there's just so much anxiety and fear about money, the financial markets, what to do right now. Should we pull out our money? Should we save? Many people are losing their jobs and they don't have the income. What do I do? What do I do? So um, I did the best thing that I could do is reach out to a financial expert and help answer all of your questions. Today, I bring you Shannon Foreman, who is the CEO and founder of Forethought Planning. And she really wants to radically change how people consume their financial education. And she wants everyone to feel financially empowered. And I really thought she was the best person. I know her personally, and I just love her to pieces. And I wanted her to help us address some of these concerns that we might be having right now. And she really talks about this. She talks about the things generally that we always need to be planning and preparing for. But especially right now in the this situation of the global pandemic, there are actual things that this situation brings up that we need to pay attention to. She gave us so much actionable advice that is absolutely incredible. You're going to get so much out of it. This has actually nudged me to reach out to my financial advisor and to actually button up some things and do some more um, uh, planning, additional planning that I wouldn't have thought of. And some additional things like, hey, you need a disability insurance that I did not know about. So if you are a uh, business owner and um, you feel like you need some more resources to really uh, button up your, your business or just you want as a human who wants more resources about investing, where you should be saving, what does that look like? Shannon really, truly delivers. I am so excited um, to bring you this conversation and I hope that you enjoy as much as I do. So much love for you all. Shannon, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I wish I was there in person with you and I wish we could hug because uh, this time is kind of weird. I know the whole social distancing, but look at us. I, like, I, I am I am so excited because people are really in for a treat. Today we're talking all things women and money. <laughs> in, I mean, think about it. We're in such a bizarre time. So we're going to look at this time and people will ask, where were you during the coronavirus of 2020? Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. will just know where you were. So how are you, how are you doing with all of this? You know, um, like anybody, you know, I'm completely honest about what, I, you know, I've had my ups, I've had my downs, I've cried in the fetal position. I've also like, started writing a book that I've always wanted to do. I've checked in on the people that are important to me. I've taught my daughter how to ride a bike. I've baked brownies. Like I've read the books that I want to read. 
I've also binge watched Netflix, like all of the things that the are things. happening, right? So needless today, you're, I mean, the sun is shining. I'm grateful for all of the things. And uh, I'm just trying to really focus on having a great mindset. I think you're doing it right, especially because you must have an influx of clients right now really calling um, uh, you and looking to you for some comment. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, coming up. But you have really established yourself in our in our market, in our in this community as this incredible inspirational figure. And I just love love watching you. But what people may not know is what a, an incredible financial expert and um, and confidant to those willing to invest and really plan their future you, you are. And you have been doing this for quite some time as well. So how, I'm really always curious, how do people get to, you know, the places in, in their lives and how do they get to do what they're doing? So how did you get involved in money and how did you land in this field in, in the first place? <laughs> right, right. Um, sometimes I ask myself that as well, growing up with no money and, you know, not having money, nobody talked about it because why talk about something that you don't have, right? Mm -hmm. And so I grew up in a, in a household that was very creative. I'm raised by two artists and very musical individuals. And so when I went to college, I knew that I wanted to express my creativity in a different way. And that I had a passion for really changing lives and impacting people. And I was like, what do I do? Like, do I get a psychology major and then like do something that doesn't pay me in my major, right? Like, so I sat down with my advisor uh, who is an amazing woman. Her and I actually just grabbed a glass of wine a, a couple months ago when I was telling her of all the things that I was doing with my life. She was like, well, I think you should be in sales. And I said, well, that's great because I can control my income and I don't have to worry about a man making more than me. That was something very important to me. I wanted to flourish financially. I knew I did, even though my parents hadn't talked to me about money. I knew that I wanted to be able to do things that other people, people weren't able to do because I had money. Not in a selfish way, like I wanted to help people. And I said to her, well, that's great. I don't want to sell like medical supplies and I don't want to sell post-it notes because we had a, a connection with 3M. And she was like, well, what about finances? And I was like, I don't know anything about money. Why would people even remotely trust me with their money? She was like, because it's so much more than money. Mm. And I was, I was like, okay, I'm listening. And then uh, at the time we had a major, I went to St. Kate's in St. Paul, University of St. Catharines. There was a major called financial services sales. And she was like, I'm going to help you get an internship at a bank and you're going to sign up for these classes. And I signed up and, you know, these are like macroeconomics, microeconomics, financial planning, risk management. And I'm like, a creative brain sitting in the classroom. And I was like, okay, you know, these are challenging, but not super hard. What set my soul on fire was when I actually got into a financial institution and got to help people. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about, about this before, but our brain is such a crazy thing that we can teach ourselves how to do virtually anything we want to. So just because I didn't know anything about money wasn't mean that I, that I couldn't create opportunities to learn. So I, like the ballsy individual I am, walked to the CEO of the bank because it was a smaller family-owned bank. And I said, I would like to develop my own internship. And he was like, 
as I'm like shaking actually. And he was like, okay. Cause I expected him to say no. And so I designed my entire own internship at the age of 19, shadowing all of the different areas of the financial institution that I was working at. So it was commercial, it was business banking, it was consumer lending, mortgage, and personal finance. So then I got the aptitude to understand not only just financial planning and investing, but also things for businesses and business owners and lending and what do all those pieces to the puzzle fit together. So that's how it all started. How did I not know this? <laughs> this is fascinating and does not surprise me at all. <laughs> just went for it. But I honest to God, I'm like, you actually, wow, this is, we need more wine nights or potion <laughs> nights or, or something <laughs> because there's some missing. I need to fill in some holes. <laughs> oh, I love that. This is really interesting that, you know, uh, in so many respects, I feel like you're rewriting your family history as am I, as many of the people that you and I know, because a lot of people that, are, that will be listening to this have grown up with a lot of limiting beliefs, stories about money, um, you know, and we have heard this over and over, women don't invest, women save, we are great savers. Absolutely. Um, I, I can attest to that, but we just we like cash. We do. Mattress <laughs> anywhere. But we're safe because we like security. That's it, right? It's so, it's just really interesting. Um, but in, I would say in the recent times, in the recent decades, I have been encouraged to invest and be very uh, brave and also, you know, I, I, I say Andrew Gimme is risky with, with, with my money and has just really paid off in big times. You work with people who have a lot of assets and mm -hmm. you support people who, you know, don't have a lot of money. They have, you know, um, an average Joe's salary, so to speak. Absolutely. You must notice, start noticing some trends or limiting beliefs in women and money. And I would love for you to shed some light on what those are and how do you counter them? So a lot of, well, first and foremost, I counter anything with teaching, because if we can't be students and teachers in what it is that we're doing, then how do we truly grow? I don't tell people what to do. I show them how to do it and how it actually impacts their lives. So, I, I mean, I think that's the hugest part. What I notice, and it doesn't matter if it's a multimillionaire or somebody that has, you know, is working paycheck to paycheck, it's about discovering whether or not they are worth what they want. And so you could have millions of dollars and not be happy or feel like you deserve what you have and you could have, you know, $300 to your name and not feel worthy of what you have. I also see a lot of times with people who aren't managing their inflow, right? So their ins and outs, and a lot of it has to do with, and this could be both sides of the spectrum too. They want to ignore it because they don't want to know that they could have more of it. Wow. So that's really interesting. Tell me more because I don't track my <laughs> coming personal. So um, tell me more about the worth part and then this part. Please elaborate because this is very interesting. Yeah. So the worth part is there's usually inherently some story that they've told themselves prior to 
it always, it, it usually has to do with self-worth a lot of times, right? So if there's some brokenness with self-worth, they don't believe that they deserve to have the money. So why should I deserve to have a million dollars? I was told that I should marry a rich man. I was told that I would never be good enough. I, you know, all of these things that these stories that we've been told throughout our lives, if we, if we attach that to money, all of a sudden now, A, a where we might have a million dollars and it's sitting in cash and not doing anything for us, um, or we're, we're not being wise with our money, or we're not looking at it as a tool, right? Because we're ignoring it. And we've been told, you know, for me, I was told that money was bad. People with money were horrible people. Um, I, I come from a very like artsy fartsy paycheck to paycheck, empty fridge scenario, right? With my parents, God bless them. They're amazing people in their own right. But they, they, they told me these lies. I mean, they were lies. I've met plenty of people with money that are amazing individuals who serve our communities in such vast amounts and are the self most selfless people I've ever met. But they also have this limiting belief sometimes that they don't know what to do with. Like, Mm -hmm. why do I have this pot of money? Why do I deserve to have this if so-and-so doesn't have it? Especially if you have siblings too. um, And, and you have more money than your sibling. Why, why am I created into this position versus that person? Why are my friends? It, it is a lot of comparison of worth. Wow. That, that seems to make sense. And this is why if our loved one doesn't have, then it's easy for me to sabotage or now want to grow my wealth because I feel really bad because they don't. Yeah. There's an element of guilt. Not not looking at that. Or there could be a little bit of fear too um, that what happens if I become financially successful is everybody going to ask me for money? So interesting. These are the things we would never mm-hmm. say out loud. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. So being, in, in, uh, being as a financial advisor, I learned more about my clients and still continue to learn more about my clients than their spouses might, than their you know best friend just because of the conversations that we're having in the office, money is so intimate. It's like sex. We don't talk about sex. We don't talk about money. Two really fantastic things that we should be talking about, right? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm cutting out this portion and blasting it on the internet. Yes. <laughs> um, my mother didn't talk to me about any of them. And I was like, you're leaving all the good stuff off the table, mom. What are you doing? Um, there's there's a whole chapter in a book that I'll write someday about that but I can now wait to read it yeah so but that that worthy part of it there are so many emotions that go with that and and each individual's scenario is different but that worth and guilt can can be a a virtual wrecking ball to your financial situation if you don't Mm. properly handle it and I think that that's why our industry really does have to change the way we help people because it isn't about how portfolios grow. Over time, historically, if you look at the stock market, it'll grow. Like, what are you doing to differentiate yourself and actually help people? So I got to go on a whole nother soapbox about that. No, I love that. We could go in many different directions, and we will in some of these, because <laughs> I think that they're really, really, really important. Um, so 
you know, there are a lot of people that I know uh, that in a lot of my friends in recent years, I've been telling them that I've been heavily investing in businesses and stocks and bonds. And this was introduced to me through a family member. I'm like, what? Like, I don't have a lot of money. Like, you don't need to have a lot of money. You can still invest. So then when I first invested my $10,000, it was like, oh my God, like this is, this is a huge chunk of money. And, and, you know, and then you see it within two years, like, you know, you see the benefits mm -hmm. um, and the, those are of course not guaranteed, but I've learned so much about the, the thing. It's like, I did not know this. I grew up extremely poor and a lot of people tell me I make fifty, sixty thousand dollars. I, what do you mean? I don't have money to invest. But in talking to you, there are always things that we can do that can be smart investing practices. Would you tell us about that, please? Please. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, in in all honesty, it doesn't. There are so many resources out there right now where you can start with. There's an app, and I'm blanking on the name of the app, but you can start with like five bucks. And um, the power of compounding interest. So what that means is when you, when you put in $5 and you put in $5 and you put in $5, so the first $5 is only earning interest. Then you put the next $5 in and then that $10 is earning interest, right? It's compounding over time. That interest is earning interest, which is a powerful mechanism, especially when you start young. Um, which is another passion of mine for young people to start saving earlier and earlier because no one's saving for them. And that's what I would argue to somebody that doesn't have that much money or feels like they don't have enough money. I bet, especially right now, there are some expenses that you aren't spending money on. Uh, and we're going to take three different scenarios. You're not driving right? To work or wherever, to and from every day, right? Yep. And then no nails. No nails. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting your hair done. You're not getting your nails done. I mean, there's like so many things that I could name, right? Um, you know, I gave myself a manicure at home. It's great. I've been doing that for years because I'm cheap. Um, like there are things that I do that are very different than other people to save money. And I haven't always been making money the way that I have if you evaluate and sit down and go, okay, here are the things that I make regular purchases on. Here are the things I have to have. We call those non-discretionary, right? I have to have somewhere to live. I have to have food and I have to have clothing. And probably you got to like have internet and ways to contact people and, you know, those general aspects of things. I bet you could five, 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 five or 10 bucks. I bet you, you could five, find five or $10 a week mm -hmm. to save. And I think that's why it's important to also establish, uh, I'll talk a little bit about this later, an emergency fund, but also a regular savings mechanism. So do it so you don't even have to think about it. Automatic. Yeah. Start a savings account. A lot of banks nowadays are doing it even. So like when you go out and you make a purchase, it rounds it up. And so that money just goes in to your bank account, that extra whatever. So if you, you're spending a dollar ten, the 90 cents goes into your savings account. And then set up an automatic transfer every week of five dollars. And and then to like see the difference that you're making into your life a little bit over time, I think is very impactful. Also, 
like something that is so simple that a lot of people don't do is at, if you have a, an employer and they're giving you free money to does, invest. Does that still happen? <laughs> yes, they it's, still match their 401k. Like people still do that. That's incredible. Um, you know, given the time we're in right now, I think that would be the last thing that you want to give up um, mm-hmm. is is contributing to your retirement because there there's a news flash. No one else is saving for you. It, it's so true. And I think what you're describing is having a discipline early on. I think that um, my financial advisor told me that I'm in better shoes for having started saving in my early 20s than most people will start their middle 30s putting in five times more than I have just mm-hmm. because I've started and I did not start out putting out a lot it was like you know hundred dollars um but because I started in my early 20s it, again at the advice of some really wise family members um that that really put me in a good in a good situation but there was this discipline that it didn't have to be a lot but just do it because even those five dollars that you mm-hmm do could really yield immeasurable um return later later on well think of it in this way too do you ever just do something that makes you feel really good and then don't you want to do more of it yes so if you start saving and it makes you feel good don't you think it's gonna like inevitably make you feel better to save more um we see money, like, especially in a savings account, right? In investments, I can't say that it's guaranteed, but when you're in a cash savings account and you see it start to build up, there's our brain talks to us and says, that's a good thing. Like we like to see positive numbers. We don't like to see negative numbers. And so I, I've said this before. I said this the other day and it was kind of funny and now I'm going to say it again. Savings is sexy. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, there is nothing more sexy than somebody that's independent. And I think that, you know, just because the Joneses can afford it and they can they can look at it doesn't mean that it's something that you you should have. And if it's not something you have to have to live on and it's not benefiting you in a personal aspect, you know I'm a huge believer of personal growth. If that's not benefiting you in a physical or a mental capacity, then why are you spending money on it? So mindless Amazon shopping, mm-hmm. online well, shopping. Been guilty of all of that, right? right? Me too. Me too. I'm not human. You know, I'm I'm human. I'm not, not but human. This, you're bringing awareness, I think, to just waking us up and and saying like, let's just stop for a second because this is important. And even now, literally, this is the time people want to pull all their money from their retirement. They want to stop investing. They want to don't stop do that. Just, like, <laughs> don't do it. Just right, right. And you, you, you really have been a steady force with that. What, what, like, don't panic, right? What was your? Yeah, what? it's plan. Don't panic. Plan, don't. Pa- I love that, but it, it, I would. What I'm hearing you say is a very loud and clear action item for everyone. Recommendation that if you are not saving at least five dollars a paycheck a month, you should do it right now. Pause this recording. Stop. Go set that up right now. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody yeah. can find five dollars. I I I agree. And one less Starbucks latte. <laughs> yeah, because I can't I can't tell you how many times I I mean I worked in a in a bank setting 
with retail individuals coming in and I, I would manage a large team there. And I would see and know how much people got paid and what they were spending money on. We spend so much money on unnecessary things because we see other people doing it. And that's why I'm like truly in the example, like some people are like, oh, that's a cute outfit. I'm like, got it at Target on the clearance rack. And I'm not ashamed to say it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you made a reference to yourself before. And I think this is a really important delineation. You said, you know, uh, you know, I don't do any, I do my own nails because I'm cheap. I think that that's, there's just, you know, it comes out of your mouth, but I have never seen a more generous and resourceful person than you. So you're just being smart and strategic. Nails are not a priority, but your personal Mm -hmm. development is. You raising funds for others when they're in need. You putting your money, you you put your money where in in things that are going to benefit you and those around you, which are way more important than vanity. And that's what I've heard you say. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't mean that I don't do things that make me feel good, right? Um, and I think that, you know, I've got friends who have to get their nails done because it's something that makes them feel good. And I'm okay with that. Although I would also argue that like, isn't there something else that we could be doing to make you feel good too? Could journaling, could meditation to be doing a free yoga on YouTube, you know, like all of these things could also make you feel good laughing with your kids. Like, do we do things in life and shell out money? to things that inherently we're trying to make have that feel good, but it's only temporary. How many times have people gone and they've gotten bad news and they go out shopping? I know I have, I am am guilty of doing these things too, but I really hold myself mindful to what it is that I want in life and what my ambitions are and my priorities. It has to come from within. No, I I really hear that loud, loud and clear. So um, as I'm trying to be educated, and I think I'm going to use this pandemic mm-hmm. quarantine on a lot of different things, like I've enrolled in courses and I'm learning and I, or I'm having this conversation and sharing it with others in hope that we can all get better financially. What are the financial aspects of our lives that we need to start paying more attention to? So for example, I, um, you know, I wrote a will last yeah, it was in the last five years and my sister thought it was like it's just a joke like why would you do that that's like that's crazy right I'm like well something happens and I want to know where the money is going so that was one aspect again that I did not know about but but my financial advisor was like you need a will and you need it now and we do not delay this and what are the especially things, with kids especially right? with kids yep. right so what are the things that we need to be thinking about um, in in the financial aspects of our lives to be smart and to prepare our families and to prepare our future. Yeah, so I I focus on probably like five different areas really that every client should have a grasp on, and that's what's coming in and what's going out of your you know your overall picture, right? Do you have an appropriate amount of emergency savings cash that you can get at going into the bank please do not leave it on under a mattress like what happens if your house catches on fire like then the money's gone like keep it in a bank mm-hmm. or a credit union but having a level of emergency savings that correlates with whatever your lifestyle is i usually say 3 to 6 months of living expenses based on your cash flow 
Okay. Which will be coming really handy right now for all of us out of work. Yeah. And I would also say this, like, I'm sure we'll talk about it too, but like, don't beat yourself up if you don't have it right now. Like these are all things that you can learn and establish and get in order during this time, right? Mm -hmm. Retirement savings, especially in a time where, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, but nobody's saving for our retirement. Mm -hmm. And um, we are our businesses. Mm -hmm. It's like, literally right up here. So it's not like we can go sell our intellect for, you know, million dollars later on in life, right? So we have to be saving for that and and making sure that we're planning for the long term. That doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice. I hear this all the time especially from, you know, like the 20s to 50-year-olds. Well, why do I have to like start saving for something that's so far down the road? I'll just work until I'm 70 and then I'll collect social security. Yeah, that's not a plan. Um, you need to actually have a legitimate plan of where your goals are, what do you want to do, what do you want life to look like, and then how do we need to financially support that. And then the last two pieces are really near and dear to my heart. And I talk to every single person about this. I would literally like talk to somebody in a grocery store about this all the time. And that's estate planning and insurance. In estate planning, I have seen so many situations go wrong if you don't have the right legal documents in order. So if you don't have the proper legal documents in order, or you file some of those legal documents, but you don't put the the correct titling into it, and then you have this plan and you think it's going great, and then it just blows up to smoke because you haven't done it correctly. Um, Or I've seen individuals who become incapacitated and don't have health directives or powers of attorney set up and their spouses can't pay bills because they don't have access to the accounts because they didn't set up the correct legal documents. Those things are actually really important to be doing right now. Like right now, especially with, you know, not knowing if you could be sick or somebody that you love could be sick or your parents, this is a great time to be having that estate planning conversation. I really I love hope. that. So who, the conversation starts with you, but who actually does that? Yeah, so I can, ha- I can have a high-level conversation with clients, but I cannot provide tax or legal advice. I think I've said that so many times in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer. Um, so like, that's where you partner with an estate planning attorney. And please partner with somebody that specializes in estate planning and not like a you know, custodial attorney or family law attorney or a corporate attorney. Like that's like a, a, a heart surgeon operating on your brain. There's so many different types of law. Get somebody that focuses on estate planning. Let me ask you a follow-up question. This is a lot of people, uh, and this is a conversation I've had with a lot of, a lot of my, my friends. Well, attorneys cost an arm and a leg because when I did all my paperwork, it did cost a little bit mm-hmm. to get everything in order. Um, and a lot of people see that as the barrier with getting it done. Can you do any of these things yourself and maybe have them you know, run through a notary or have them signed? Or does lawyer, do you really have to retain a lawyer to complete all of these? things so i'd say a couple things you can do a health you can print a health directive and a a power of attorney off the internet all my estate planning attorneys are probably like having a heart attack hearing me say that (laughs) don't worry guys i always refer to you um but like those are two things that you can do 
a a will, I never tell people that you shouldn't have. You should always have a will. It's a catch-all. It's a direction for your family members to understand how you want it to go. And a will doesn't avoid probate, though. And if you just write something on a napkin, it's not legally bound. And so if you really want, even if that napkin's notarized. So you, you need to make sure state by state what the rules are. And there are attorneys out there that will, you know, potentially do pro bono work. There are attorneys out there who have just flat fees for an estate planning package. So, I mean, in the Twin Cities, I know a lot of very affordable attorneys. Now, if you have accumulated wealth, you are being ridiculous if you do not go sit with an attorney. Mm-hmm. Because what it could cost you, the, co- like the cost risk reward for you not putting yourself in a legitimate estate plan is very messy. I have had a client scenario where that has happened and it was not pretty and it was not pretty for their children when both of them had passed away. And it was a lot of stress and it creates a lot of family dynamics that people don't necessarily wish to have on their children. So think about it as the legacy you want to leave, not the bill you're going to pay. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. That's so beautifully said. I mean, you're here, you're saying it loud and clear, go and hire an attorney, but if you can't, if you absolutely can't, here's an interim before you can actually hire someone to look over some of those documents. And, you know, my, my husband always says the greatest gift um, you can leave to your children is have your crap in order before you die. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he he calls his parents all the time. He's like, you need to have this stuff for like yep. your funeral because his mom is very religious. He will not talk about death. And he's like, what do I need to know? Where do you want to be buried? And they just don't want to talk about it. He's like, get this in order. I don't want you leaving me money. I want you to do it. I don't want to worry about this when you die. And it's, it's a real thing. Um, and we don't think about it in those, in those terms. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us don't want to talk about death. I am, I've always been really comfortable talking about it. Uh, I experienced it at a very early age. You too, like, right. Like, when it's become a part of your life, you just continue to be able to talk about it because it's just a piece of life, right? There are two things guaranteed in life, death and taxes. Thank you, Benjamin Franklin. Um, so like, at the end of the day, we're not all going to be here forever. You can believe that you're going to be like, you know, a second, whatever, right? Like a second life that you'll live. But this life matters. And the the people that you have surrounded yourself by matter. I and I say this too for children or parents of young children. If something happened to you, the average age of a widow is actually lessening and lessening like it used to be in the 70s and it's like it's getting closer to like the 50s. I mean I have a girlfriend who has a an organization called the Hot Young Widows Club. Like why should that even be a thing? But it wow. is. Mm. So if you have young children and you think that you are, you don't have to have any direction of what would happen to them, guess who gets to make that decision? The state. Do you want the state making the decision of who has your kids? Not to mention if you have crazy family dynamics, um, because we know that not everybody's family is like the Cleavers. Um, I know mine isn't. (laughs) So, you know, Make sure that you have some of those things in order if something were to happen to you. 
my husband is not comfortable talking about all of those things. So when we did our estate plan, I'm pretty sure he was like a shade of white of paper because he's like, wait a second, we're talking about like, if we all die, like what happens? And I'm like, yeah, we are. It's not going to happen, but we got to talk about it. We got to talk about the what if aspects of life. And, you know, insurance is the other piece that I would say plays really off of the estate planning. That's the other piece that's really important. And I think it's a huge topic right now. Uh, insurance isn't, um, is, is a tool to protect the rest of your portfolio, right? So you have your savings and you have your investments, but insurance is very critical. And at each stage of life, there's a different insurance that serves a purpose for you. Do tell. So, you know, when you're younger and you have a mortgage and debt and little people you're responsible for and college that you want to pay for that, like you should have term life insurance. Term life insurance is not that expensive. And you, I mean, you can go online and get a quote for term insurance. I mean, I argue go through a financial advisor. Those are things we can help you with. But that, that sh- term insurance is not something that has to be insanely expensive. Then, of course, there's disability insurance that gets overlooked all of the time. But who could do your job if you can't do your job? And how are you going to get paid? Well, that's interesting. I do not have disability insurance. Yeah. So how do you keep your business running? This is especially for entrepreneurs, especially for entrepreneurs. How do you keep your money running and paying yourself and your business going? You're you're likely probably going to have to hire somebody in the background to do something so that you're, you know, you don't just like fall off the face of the earth. Right. But how do you supplement that income for yourself if you were to become, you know, disabled for, for a period of time, Uh, young people can have strokes. Young people can be diagnosed with cancer. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen. And so being able to protect yourself. Nobody likes paying for auto insurance. Nobody likes paying for homeowner's insurance. We all hope to goodness we don't ever have to use it. That's the same that goes for life insurance and disability insurance and any other kind of insurance you have. It's, you don't want to pay for it until you need it. Mm -hmm. Right? And then as you grow, uh, there are a lot of, you know, generational wealth planning tools to transfer in a tax efficient way to the next generation, your wealth. Something that's really near and dear to my heart, though, is, you know, my dad has Alzheimer's. And so long-term care and paying for nursing home care or even care in your home right now is astronomical. The average cost of care in the state of Minnesota is $97,000 a year. And so if you're in that middle, you know, let's say you have 250,000 in assets or greater, you're in a, you're in a situation where you probably are going to have to spend your assets down in order to qualify. And then what does that do to your spouse and qualify for government assistance? Cause you don't just qualify. The government is not going to pay for your nursing home care. So there are lots of insurance plans out there that are hybrid policies. So if you never had to use it, the, you know, there's a death, you know, you get your money back and there's a death benefit associated with it. So it doesn't have to be like car insurance. And the old long-term care insurance was very much like car insurance. So people didn't like buying it, but that's where I think you need to be able to have a personal conversation and times like right now, where you are right now is where you should be having these conversations. 
I, I love that. And for the later part, they would come to you for the insurance part. You can advise them for it and help them set it up. Yep. I can do any stage of that. Um, I work with a partner that does disability insurance because there is so much that goes into that aspect of things that I, I refer that business out. He's wonderful. He's great. Um, but the other aspects, yeah, absolutely. Those are all areas that I can help with. So this is ending up being such an incredibly useful and also actionable uh, conversation for me because there are people, again, listening to this be like, I don't have a will. I have no savings. I have you know, you know, no uh, uh, um, health directive. I have no disability insurance. For me. That was a big thing, right? Um, and again, not feeling guilt about it, but just a reminder like, hey, you... you awareness and let's do something about it so it, this is kind of your call to action people to get those things asap during the the pandemic let's say right done yeah I, I was talking to a client yesterday and she said it i didn't if your house isn't clean and your finances aren't in order by the time we're done with this pandemic then like netflix wasn't worth it like it's okay to like binge for a little while you and I have talked about that. I'm watching the all American series on Netflix. It's amazing. I love it. Um, I watch a show every night, sometimes too, but you, you still gotta be able, you, you can't go hermit for three months. Mm -hmm. You know, this just gave me a total idea. I'm like, you should run a whole challenge and like challenge people to get their crap together. I'm working on it. Oh my God. But think about it. It's like, get your, <laughs> get I, your, you know, but that will be such a huge challenge right now. It's like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to be when this is all over? It's like, if you don't have we're a working. health director, or, we're working on it. All right. Yes. I love that. You and That's, I just haven't had a chance to talk about it, but yes, I'm working on it. Um, there'll be like a kickoff with some experts and some calls that we'll have one week and then it'll be like a, a 30 to 45 day challenge. I mean, that's just brilliant. So you've already answered this question a little bit, but you know, right now there's just so much fear and you and I really not don't buy into it majority mm -hmm. of the time, but there is this uncertainty and fear and this pandemic and I'm losing money and what's going to happen. People are freaking out. They want to take money out of their retirement accounts. And, and you said, plan, don't panic in, mm -hmm. in a very beautiful, calming, soothing and reassuring voice. Any other advice for us who are really feeling uncertain with our finances in these times? Yeah. So, you know, I, I absolutely, especially from a financial standpoint, refuse to give in to fear. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen markets go up. I've seen markets go down. Yes, we're living in a time where there's a lot of question marks. I will argue this, though, too. We have to look at the other places of the world that have been affected by us, by this before us. And what that's what's happening with their economies. We live in a global economy. So what happens here and what happens on the other side of the world are completely related. And that being said, turn your damn TV off. Yes. Um, that TV is not serving you because some of that information is not the correct information. And some of that information is information that is put out there in order to make you tune into it. That's how television makes money. I'm mm -hmm. a family that worked in television and radio for many years. So I understand those aspects of things. And don't beat yourself up. Like 
maybe just don't open your statements for your investment accounts for a couple of months, right? You know, it's going to come back. And, and this is what I've also said is we live in a time where the market is designed very differently than it has been in the past. There is a lot of electronic trading happening in our market. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means that rather than a person making trades, there is an algorithm making trades. Okay. And so when there are algorithms versus people, it means that they don't have a stop button. They just keep keep going. Which is why the markets have built into them these, these stop guards, right? The market mm-hmm. has stop guards in it. And so you may have watched and seen some of those happen over the last couple of weeks. But that being said, when we have a different kind of market, and that means we go down faster, on the upswing, we could potentially go up faster too. And so the recessions of the past may not be what this recession might look like. And I use that word as not a scary word. It is a part of an economy. Like we're going to have ebbs and flows in our lives and we're going to have ebbs and flows in our money. And that's why it's so important to understand that even when it's here, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be here. And a lot of people go back to 2008 and I'm not unsensitive, or, you know, you know, not sensitive to the fact that people lost their jobs. I was looking for a job at that point in time, so I completely understand those scenarios. My dad lost his job. Like I, I understand what that looks like, but we're also in control of our mindset. And so if we fall into this space of I'm not going to get it back or I'm going to lose it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to psych yourself into an aspect of pulling your money out, and then you are going to lose it because it wasn't real until it was real. So what's happening on paper right now in your investment accounts isn't necessarily really happening until you actually need that money, which is Mm -hmm. why, again, it's so important to be able to have a plan. Look back from the past. What could you learn from those situations? And don't make any drastic decisions. Just drastic decisions do not serve anybody when they come from an emotional space. So sit down, have a conversation with your financial advisor. You don't have one, find one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I highly recommend this amazing <laughs> woman I'm talking to. Um, just because you say it as it is, and you are so, you're such an advocate for people. You really, really, really um, you. cheer them on and, and, and you want them to be, be successful, which is incredible. Um, so an interesting question that, that just, you know, came to me, is this a good time to invest in like stock in like, you know, I don't know, Amazon or, you know, because it, I don't know anything about those kind of investments like Boeing yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What's about that? Yeah. So do you like to buy things on sale? Um, yes. Like, do you like when you get something on sale? I mean, that's what's happening in the market right now. Uh, the market is on sale. And so the old investment term of buy low, sell high. So when the market is down, it is actually the best time to add cash to, so add cash, go out and buy. Don't blindly buy though. Don't, you know, do your research. If you don't feel comfortable doing research, again, consult somebody to help you, help guide you. 
I do not give individual stock tips. That's just not what I do because Mm -hmm. then you're susceptible to that one company's performance. I think if anything, you're, you, you need to go out and really assess what your risk tolerance is. So what do you feel comfortable with? So I say that in simple terms, when you open it, your statement, what number do you feel comfortable with it fluctuating up or down? Okay. And that's your risk tolerance. And so, yes, it is a good time to invest as long as you have the appropriate risk tolerance to invest. Cause some people don't like some people just can't sleep at night if they know that their money is going to go down. Then you also just need to live more conservatively. You can't spend as much money and you have to save your hiney off. Mm. I mean, if if you're not open to having risk on the table. Okay. Wow. This is, this is just really brilliant. Now we we have to have a follow-up conversation (laughs) on on this alone. Uh, So if we are, if women, um, women and men listen to this podcast, but this is really focused on women who, and, um, uh, growth over generalization, but we just don't invest as much or just, I feel sometimes when I was growing up, um, my dad was the one managing all aspects of the money. My mom was just, you know, fingers in her, in her ears. And that's it's like, we don't talk about money. We don't, and how I was raised until I was like, no, you do. And I am now the financial head in our, in our, and the, the investor and learning, but I feel like I'm clearly realizing that there are still aspects that I don't know about. Where could people go to learn apart from your, so I know that you are right now releasing so many incredible resources. So I love you for it. Thank you. So that will be my first recommendation. But you know, what are the books that have inspired you? Or where can we find like the basic financial education? Yeah. So you know this about me. Like I'm a big I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. Doesn't mean that like I agree with everything, but there are so many podcasts. For instance, I love his daughter, daughter Rachel Cruz. She has a great podcast that has just really simple, easy tips that are relatable. And she's a younger female. So she's not like an old white guy, um, which doesn't always appeal to everybody, right? It's okay. Old white guys are great people, but like let's <laughs> diversify the, the spectrum a little bit. Uh, he's He's got a great, um, even if you don't do his full out like course, but you buy his book and just kind of walk through some of those how to's, that's really good. I just pulled up a list of like what some of my favorite books are. Um, so for younger individuals, there is a book. Oh gosh, where is it? Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, well, my favorite is You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. She writes all of the You're a Badass books, but I think that's really, um, it gives a good way of getting through some money mindset stuff. I don't think it's going to give you the actual tools to go forward in terms of what it is that you need, but you got to start with the mindset piece of it. Um, there's a book called Broke Millennial, Stop Scraping By and Get Your Financial Life Together. It's a really good one for young people. Okay. And then um, the the other one that I, I like a lot is Your Money or Your Life by Vicki Robin. And so, I mean, she's a, a female author, but that talks a lot about transforming your relationship with money and then like actual achieving in financial independence. So I kind of think it takes a little bit of Jen Sincero and makes it tangible. Okay. Oh, I love that. that. That's a fantastic beginner for so many of our listeners. 
yeah, I would also say this too, though. Like, if you just want to learn, just Google stuff about money. The only cautionary thing that I have for you is don't believe everything that you read, like cross check it just like everything else. And not every piece of financial advice is meant for your financial picture. So just because it's said at the water cooler or said on CNBC doesn't mean that it's something that's applicable to you. I, I love that. And that's why I think it's so important to have a financial advisor, which everyone should have access to um, and, and can, because our situation is so unique. And I think it's kind of like if we pay a gym membership and we invest in our fitness so much, and we're obsessed with that part and we pay so much money. If you think about it, like having even one meeting with a financial advisor and having them counsel you and uh, on that is an absolute necessity for all of us who want to live healthy, abundant lives and be responsible with money because it's really being responsible for humanity, not just ourselves mm -hmm. um, and our families as well. Absolutely. And I think that there are a lot of advisors that are re realizing too that they have to serve a younger generation or a different dynamic of, you know, you don't have to have a million dollars to walk into advisors' offices. I, I, people used to sit down with me and say, I probably don't have enough money to work with you. And I did prior to starting Forethought, I did have a, an account minimums and they were hefty. Uh, the average consumer couldn't have worked with me. But that being said, that's why I started Forethought and I started an aspect of being able to meet people where they are, financial coaching, fee-only planning, wealth management, teaching people to have a foundation of what thriving financially looks like, like not just even successful. Like I want everybody to thrive financially. We have the ability to do that. Stop looking at rich people and thinking that it isn't possible for you. I, I love that. And folks, this is why one meeting with, with Shannon and working through um, with her at, at the forethought planning um, is paramount because it's just what you said. Honest to God, if I did not hear, you don't have to have millions because I didn't know. I didn't know that you could invest $1,000. I didn't know you could invest minimum amount and be smart with it or put, put to savings. I don't think that my life would be in, or that our family would be in an incredible position that it is today. And it was because of that one piece of advice. And that's why I love, uh, you know, the, the premise on which you started the forethought planning and how it is that you are showing up as a thought leader in our generation right now, encouraging everyone, all of us who never thought that it is possible for us and giving us the confidence about money and not feeling stupid because we don't have the answers and and uh, you know this encouragement is like yes you can do it go do it just it doesn't matter don't feel guilt about it let it go you're kind of like the modern i don't know modern oprah in financial terms <laughs> like oh you know my gosh. It, but, but but it's true it's like inspiring people to act right it's like through through a channel and um i think that that's you know, I really look forward for you in um, spreading that voice on many, many, many national channels because I think it needs to be heard. I guarantee you there's so many people who are going to be listening to this. And I would venture to say the majority of them don't have all the things taken care of that you talked about today. 
And instead of feeling guilty, your entire premise of your, your, you know, your mission is encourage others to meet them where they are. And it's why I just love you and just so appreciate you being in this world. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I would also just say like, I didn't start out that way, right? I started out in an element where I had no idea what money was and I didn't have it. And my husband and I just built our dream house, our dream house. Now our dream house is not a mansion, our dream house. Now, would I love a pool in the backyard and some water? Yeah, I love water. I love water, but we built it and it was something eight years ago we didn't even know was going to be possible. And I've had to deal with my own mindset issues. I've also had debt. I've also made dumb decisions when it comes to money. And I think that that's why it's so empowering because I can see what happens on the other side. And I want everybody to feel like that. I just absolutely love that. Um, well, I would like, this was, I mean, seriously, I have to listen to this over and over again, because there's so many such tangible action steps that, that we want to share with our audience. But I want to ask, you know, a few, like a really interesting questions and you can't think much about them. You just have okay. to like, like fire around, like say them. <laughs> yes. Is that the expression? That That's it. Okay. <laughs> Best book. Oh, you know, the book that probably changed my life is uh, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Mm, okay. So many people really swear by that book. Okay. I was, I was in a dark place. I think she just released the book at a really great time, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not rocket science that she wrote about. It's just everyday women who needed a pick-me-up. I love that. Life is? Beautiful. Oh, that's why I love you. Having faith means knowing that no matter how hard something is, there's something even greater on the other side. Oh God, is that not what we what we need to hear right now? Um, my current struggle is uh, homeschooling my kids and running a business. <laughs> Well, uh, said my, said every every woman um, across America <laughs> who has to who has to do that. Yeah, uh, my morning was pancakes and answering emails. I, you know what? <laughs> and you made, you did it all beautifully. Um, best. I burned a few, but we're good. <laughs> best advice I was ever given. Ooh. And I can't think about this. Yikes. Uh, I would have to say like the, the aspect that I was designed to be able to make impact in people. I, I had somebody say that to me at a very young age and I had zero clues as to what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said to me that that impact needs to be in a positive element. And so I always took that to heart and every decision that I make, I think about what is my impact to those people? What is my impact to that person? How, how are they going to leave this situation with me? Instead of it being about me, it was about the impact that I was going to provide other people. It's why I love you. It's why the universe is using you as their channel to serve. I love that. Uh, on a very personal level, Shannon, I really think the world of you. I, you inspire me. I admire the human that you are, the woman that you are. And I'm just so happy to know you. And thank you so much for taking the time to help us. 
Oh, likewise. I mean, this is, I could talk about this all day. Um, so, I mean, that's why, I, that's why I do it. Right. I can talk about it all day, but it is, it's, it's, it's heavy work. And what you do is fantastic. You do the same, you know, that I just absolutely love and adore you. And, um, you have, you have helped me really realize my dream and my purpose. So I am forever grateful to you for that. Total love fest here, people. Total love. <laughs> um, so where can people find you? Because I know people are going to be like scrambling right now. Where's Shannon? Where can I find her? How do I follow her? So tell us all the ways that people can interact with you and learn from you. Yeah. So um, where I hang out the most for forethought and money talk is on Facebook and LinkedIn, because those are the two approved platforms. We'll be launching YouTube within the next 60 days. And that is for forethought planning. Yep. So it's forethought planning on Facebook, forethought planning on LinkedIn and on LinkedIn, it's just Shannon Foreman. Okay. Um, I repost everything that forethought posts and I'm happy. I will, I will connect with anybody. Uh, you can personally connect with me on Facebook and LinkedIn. I don't have a darn thing to hide. Um, and then I do a lot of my inspirational, like mindset stuff that, um, doesn't really have a lot to do with money because Instagram isn't an approved platform for us, but I do, a lot of the mindset, mom stuff, just life in general on Instagram. And it's MS, Miss Shannon Foreman on Instagram. And then you can also visit our website, forethoughtplanning.com. If you would like to schedule a discovery appointment with me, those are totally free. So if you want 30 minutes of my time to be able to chat on some things that you find financially difficult for yourself right now or your questions that you have, head on over to the website and fill out a discovery session. What better thing to do during the pandemic and quarantine and say, I did this during this time than this. So folks take her out for it. We're going to link this um, in the description, uh, the links to all of the, the um, social media channels, also to the forethought website. And, um, and you have to follow her on Instagram because her dancing is like <laughs> seriously the best and just love your optimism. And it, it's why I know we're always going to be friends because of the, the incredible energy that you bring to everything that you do, no matter how hard things get. So yeah, if people are looking for a typical financial advisor, I'm not your person. I like wearing <laughs> camo. I like big hoop earrings and I like dancing my socks off. So <laughs> And that is the financial advisor I want to have for 2020. <laughs> let me tell you, cannot thank you enough for, for your time, your expertise, and just for being such a light in this world. Thank you for this time. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together.